Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Tweet at Miriam O'Call. Now, my next guest this morning is a well-known comedian and satirist in this country, known in the past for such successful TV shows like Bull Island, Irish Pictorial Weekly and many others. But he of late changed direction with his career and he now provides training in public speaking and speech giving with his own company, Media Skills Ireland. Alan Short, good morning to you. Good morning to Miriam. How are you this morning? So was it... During the pandemic, you took the decision, Alan, to move away from comedy into this world of corporate communications. It's a big career change. It was. It's a big career change. It was even pre-pandemic I had the moment to do that because the pandemic was just another moment in a sole trader, self-employed lifestyle where you're wiped out again. An external force comes that you've no control over mm-hmm. and just pulls the carpet from under you going, oh my God, here we go again. So if I was to go back in my career, as, because I spent a lot of time in the pandemic thinking, going, hmm, wonder did this happen before, Alan? Oh yes, it did, remember? So you began as a barman, then you became a banker, then you became a broadcaster, then you became an actor, then you became became a comedian and now you've become a communications coach. Now, what happened during all those times? It was up, it was down. So we'll say in my comedy acting career, Bull Island would have happened in RTE. It was fantastic, um, beautiful, great series, great friends, great fun and great opportunity, fantastic opportunity. And then all of a sudden, one day you're told uh, while sitting actually on the steps of Hollis Street Steps, with Colette just having given birth Your to wife. Sam, my, yeah. young, my, my, my youngest at the time, my eldest now, right? Uh, being told, uh, we're not, you're no, you have no job. And I go, what? I just, we, just, we just had a child. said, from Cork, living in Dublin, just moved to Dublin, bought a house, new child, new house, new everything. And now, oh, OK. So rug pulled from under. So you restock, you rebuild. That's when I started becoming, uh, I suppose, a fully fledged comedian to a degree, right? Because actually stand up, getting up in front of an audience, you know how difficult it is. To I don't get. know how people do it. You know, the crowd of 400 to 4,000, and especially if it's in the corporate sector where you have to get their nose out of the cheesecake to come and listen to you and go, who that? Anyway, so that had to be learned. And then during that next thing happens, then there's a, a wonderful job in a, a breakfast radio show, fantastic fun. Then after a year and a half, that's gone because the crash comes and then the crash comes and then we're back down again. I'm going, oh my God, I'd look to have stopped this. I can't do this anymore. There must be something I can do during the day and maybe if the nighttime stuff comes, it comes. Yeah. And it was during... I suppose working as host of conferences and doing awards and, and doing MC jobs that you'd invite somebody up on stage like the marketing manager of a company and they come up and they couldn't speak or they'd look down look, look at the uh, the sheet of paper or they'd be holding on with white knuckles to the podium and you're going why can't they do this I can do this and I wonder so how can I do it and they can't do it so went away and researched neuroscience behavioural science bit of NLP just everywhere I could find because it's not in any one place the whole art of communication the science of communication and that's where it's kind of got me to know to become an, an executive communications coach teaching people to just be better speakers Do you miss the comic circuit and being a comedian or was that also very stressful and would that have an impact when you to go into the room would it have an impact on your heart even that you have to perform in front of all these people so the thing is right when about 2000 so 23 years ago my brother died from a heart attack 
uh, 39 years of age on a golf course. God, uh, so sorry. Didn't yeah, know down, down mm-hmm. he went. And that was kind of an explosion in the head of going, oh my God, we're all mortal. So we ought to go test, get tested and everything else. So ever since then, I'm always very conscious of that, of the heart. Mm-hmm. So and so, I know an advisor on a, a charity, Heartbeat Trust, who look into uh, preventive medicine and heart failure. And in fact, it's a woman's heart that mm-hmm. we're not looking at and we should be looking at, but it's for another story. And that question then asked me, what, how much stress am I putting in my body? So then along came these watches and these things and everything else. So we met, for instance, mm. at the, we met last week there at the Laura Lynn um, uh, charity, charity ball, ball. And it was a fantastic. Great race. charity. But would you believe in that particular event, right, that when I'm running around doing the auction and, and having the fun and, and enjoying myself, my resting heart rate normally is about 54, 53, right, which is good. I'm happy with that. And that night it peaked at 157. And I wasn't running a marathon, you know, I wasn't climbing hills, I wasn't uh, well, oxygen up Kilimanjaro, I was just in a room, in the round room, in a mansion house. And that is the stress. So the amount of cortisol, the amount of adrenaline, the amount of, and so you think, so, so Jason Byrne, comedian, right? So yeah. he's got the full metal jacket now in his heart, yeah. if you think <laughs> yes. about it, right, as they call it in the, in the, in the, in the world, in the stents and all that. And I noticed that doing the comedy and that moment of getting up out of the chair to get the people with their, their nose out of the cheesecake to come look at me and do 40 minutes of pure energy because you mm. know the style I do it's all it's very frenetic and then last year would you believe there was a, a blood pressure incident whereby the blood pressure went up to something like oh god what was it 100 and 220 over 165 oh, oh yeah it was ridiculous it was there was the most amazing moment lying in the it was a, a kind of a weird funny story so <laughs> I'm lying in the bed now I'd been given a warning it was I had been in the States in, in America for a a quick bit of work for 48 hours, flew over, went to get a COVID test uh, inside New York MD. And then she says, "Ah, okay, could I uh, take your blood pressure? Doctor comes in and she goes, oh, okay, if you were staying here, I'd have you in hospital now. And I'm going, okay, is that, why is that? I feel, you know, okay, yeah, I'll get it started, i go home. Did I? Of course, I'm a man. You don't, right? Anyway, um, and then I'm lying in the bed, two o'clock in the morning, and I'm feeling really, really weird. I'm feeling waves and waves going down my body. And uh, I, st- I kind of give Coletta an elbow and I say, for the first time, normally she's giving me the elbow for snoring. And I give her an elbow <laughs> and, uh, and she goes, Coletta, I'm not feeling very well. And she goes, oh, oh, okay, okay. I think, uh, I, think I, might, I'm, I might need a test or something. I don't know. Oh, will I get, will, will I, will I get your COVID test? And I go, no, I don't want a COVID test at two o'clock in the morning. I think I might need to go to the hospital. <laughs> so off I went into Vincent's and they were so good into the ED. I went straight up to the thing and said, I think I'm getting a heart attack uh, to see would that help in getting, getting seen quicker, <laughs> right? And uh, then into three, yeah, she was brilliant. And there she was kind of, you know, move your face, move your, uh, do blur and, yeah. and do everything else. You're not having a stroke. So look, you're not having a stroke. You're not having a heart attack. You're having a high blood pressure instant. And, a very uh, high blood pressure. Yeah, so uh, so now you know, check it once a month when you get the get the pills, and uh, but it's all fine. But it just how many how many men out there have their blood pressure checked? How many women out there have their blood pressure checked this morning? Go and get your blood pressure checked. It's for free in the chemist. Go to the chemist, sit down, and get your blood pressure. I'd taken. say a lot of people listening this morning will actually do that, Alan. And you've changed your life and you're so successful. Before I let you go, obviously you'd coach a lot of people on how to speak. Many people listening this morning might have to do a best man speech. Do people worry about that a lot? They worry the pants off. And and every time they meet one of their friends, they'll say, oh, girl, you're going to be great. Come on, you'll be fabulous. You'll be so funny. I can't <laughs> wait. Pressure. And they use the word funny. And that's the worry for everybody, to be funny. Don't bother being funny. I just tell stories. That's why, that's why I coach people in doing. Telling stories, articulating the thoughts in their head and just making, getting a better version of them when they speak. And all i got to do is tell some stories, package them, 
and deliver them and the funniness and the, and make it emotional, make it real. And obviously, please do not embarrass the couple or anybody in the room personally. Good because advice. Some actually. people do that. They think it's hilarious, right? They think it's hilarious. Oh, do you remember the mistake part? You remember? You remember your one, the redhead? Remember her? Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. Please don't do that. You're still as funny as ever, Alan. You were famous, of course, for doing political impressions of people like Bertie, Michael D. Do you miss them at all? I do really because, you know, I mean, because it was therapy. And that's one thing in in pandemic, right? When we were told not to work, we were told you cannot work. But what I learned after about a year of pandemic, when you stop doing the performing, even just the MC work and coaching and meeting people, you lose a part of yourself. You lose a part of Mm. who you are. And I think that went for a lot of people, people who were, I'm printed design, like, this is what I do, I identify as this thing, that that identity was taken from, was stripped from them, and they find it very difficult to articulate that. So, for instance, for me, Michael Noonan, I loved Michael Noonan because Michael Noonan was my therapy man that I used to go to to have a chat about life, you know, and he was very, I, 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 what I liked about him was that he was like my voice of truth, you know. And and while I suppose, and then on the other side, Michael G with my voice was my madman. You know, he was crazy. You know, he could be anything you want him to be. You know what I mean? Dirty if you want him to be dirty. Or happy if you want to be happy. You know what I mean? Or sad if you want to be sad. Uh, and then I used to use Bertie as being the, 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 the cute whore. You know, because that, 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 that's what we are in Ireland. We're cute hours as the, 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 the centenary, a fantastic uh, documentary on, on, on the RTE said, you know, uh, uh, we love a revolution, uh, but, but, but we're not revolutionaries. <laughs> Alan Short, it was a joy to have you here today. Um, keep up all your great work, including all the charity work, as I say, meeting you last weekend at Laurel Inn, Hospice Ball, and with your own company, Media Skills Ireland. Keep training everyone to be brilliant. Alan, thanks so much for being my guest this morning. Thank you very much, Miriam.